You're listening to TOSE, The Other Side Enterprise, where we are committed to bringing you to the other side, taking you from dreams to possibilities and on to reality. Listen in on talks for business and life coaching starting right now with your host, Tiffany Rufino. Hey, Other Siders, welcome back to the Other Side Podcast. I am here, your host, Tiffany Rufino, and I am with the movie to my theater, Mr. Rufino. Hi, everybody. And we are here today with a new topic, and the topic is, can coworkers be friends? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, boy. I mean, technically, that's what we're doing here, but I don't consider this work. Yeah, me either. This is... And we're not friends. We're just married. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little Whatever. different. You know. <laughs> so the way that we're going to approach this thought is really just exploring the idea of, you know, um, what the outcomes could be that are negative and the outcomes that could be that are positive with friendships in the workplace. And one of the reasons that this came up is that I've had conversations with um, some friends and some family members, you know, during trying times. And we've talked about, you know, when you are going through a trying time, a, a lot of times you expect your coworkers to be there for you because you're with them the majority of the time that you're alive, right? Like yeah. when you're at work, you're with your coworkers 40 plus hours and they start to feel and, and become family to you because you're all in this common ground together. But then when something happens to you outside of work, um, you know, in our conversations, we were talking about how certain people don't show up for that to support you in that. However, if it happens to the environment of work, then they're there, right? Like if it's a birthday celebration and there's a cake in the break room, everybody's there for the cake, right? Mm -hmm. But if something happens on the outside of work, like, you know, uh, knock on wood, uh, fur baby or goldfishers, something, you know, tragic happens, not everybody is in that same place. And then it comes to, well, are they just your coworkers or are they your friends or are they your friends that just have issues with the sad moments and want to be there for the good times or are they just your coworkers and want to separate business from personal so there's a lot going on there yeah it, <laughs> lots it's, of a, it's a lot to unpack and there's a lot of positive and there's a lot of challenging so um i guess we can just start with uh, I, when we discussed doing this, we wanted to go uh, with pros and cons, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I, th- I guess we can just go ahead and start with the... Let's go with the cons. Yeah. Let, let's start with the negative and end on a positive. How does that feel? I like it. All right. So one bad of the news thoughts... Bad news first. Bad news. Well, not even bad news, right? Because it depends on... It, it really depends on what the scenario is. And mm-hmm. a lot of people believe and... You know, I think this is a healthy way to think is that when you're at work, you're at work. And when you're at work, it's business. And you can have fun at work. Like, there's always that work bestie that is there, right? We call that, like, um, my work husband, my work wife, my work spouse. Or sometimes it's legitimate. You do have your work spouse that's there with you. Um, and those are the people that you go to, uh, you know, in times of crisis when it comes to work. And, you know, maybe you had a falling out with another coworker and you need somebody to go to. Or maybe it's just you had a <laughs> meeting with your boss and it didn't go the way that was planned and you have your work bestie that you can go to and they get it and they're there for you and that's somebody that you can trust and you have a camaraderie with them. Um, I think in every position that I've had with 
uh, any organization I've been a part of, from a small bagel shop to a clothing store to, um, you know, house goods or whatever, there's always that one person that you just click with, that just gets it, that is always there when you need them to be, but you don't have a relationship outside of work. Like, you're not going and hanging out at the bar. You're not going for dinner with them afterwards. Like, it's almost like you kept business separate from personal versus keeping personal separate from business. And usually in those cases, when you leave that job, you also kind of leave that person. And you don't really have, like, a you, you have, like, the goodbye for when you leave the job. And you almost have, like, I call it, like, that yearbook moment where, oh, we'll keep in touch. Oh, yeah. K-I-T. Yeah. and (laughs) Forever. And then um, then when you go to your new place, you you just, you grow apart. And it's almost like a clean break most of the time, right? Well, I think that's, you nailed it when you said you grow apart. And that's exactly what it is. But I wonder why the people that choose to keep it business choose to keep the personal separate from business. And couple of reasons that I've talked to, because um, for me, in my history, it we do keep in touch. There's certain people that I've kept in touch with after uh, I, I've left that business, but it fades quickly, mm-hmm. right? And, and yeah, there's the either one person stayed with that company and I moved on or vice versa. Um, but I think keeping a business in some cases stops people from putting themselves in a bad position because it's from hard. being vulnerable. Yeah, from being vulnerable, for having it being used against them in their pers- in their their performance, mm-hmm. right? So if you and I are working together and I notice that you've slacked off today or you didn't do the reports like you were supposed to or you're just a little quieter and I come up to you and I'm like, oh, is this because of what you told me outside of work that has to do with your personal life? Then there's no separation and you'll, you're always going to feel judged. So maybe it's just, you know, I'd rather keep things business when it's business and personal when it's personal. So erase the personal and it's always business on the flip side of that it you know there's this thing called having difficult conversations at work and whether that's for somebody who reports to you or somebody you work with and you're on a level playing field sometimes you have to address opportunities that people have to improve and things that they've done and being friends outside of work makes those difficult conversations that much harder because you really do have to go up to somebody and say, hey, you didn't hit the mark and I need you to do better. See, I have to disagree with you on that because I don't believe that there is such a thing as a difficult conversation. I think the topic may be difficult, but the conversation doesn't have to be. And that's all dependent on how you approach it and how you set the intention Mm -hmm. before having the conversation. But if you have it in your mind before you have any conversation that's about to be difficult, your body's going to automatically react to that. And that's going to come out in your tone and how you speak to people and everything else. Right. So I think about, um, you know, when I would get in trouble with my parents because I did some stupid thing in high school or whatever. Right. And it's or I know the report card's coming. And so I, I, right before I get to the house, I'm thinking of all the excuses as to why my report card might be not as great as it should be. Mm-hmm. And I have that not in my stomach and like my palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms heavy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and so I'm already there anticipating and getting ready for that fight or flight response when, you know, maybe the report card was great and I just, you know, was an overachiever and expected more. Um, and so I worked myself up for nothing. I can think of plenty of conversations I've had where I've worked myself up for nothing. And I think you and I have talked about that in the past on, 
you know, you have the best conversations with yourself in the car or in the shower and you know exactly what the other person's going to say and you have a response for everything that they're going to tell you, but it never goes that way. Yeah. You can't control what somebody's going to say. Let me ask you this. Do you think that there are people that get feedback that they construe or they perceive as negative and use a friendship to try to take advantage of how the conversation will go? I think there's there's that, but and also the other way around is that not only do they take advantage of it as far as how it can go, because if it's somebody that is not your peer and they're actually your leader or your manager, depending on, you know, where you're at, they'll use it as, but come on, you know me better than that. Like, you know, that's not, I mean, come on, we're just playing, right? It was a rough night list. Like, you know, and they try to play it down mm-hmm. and they don't re- realize that your tone is completely professional in that moment. I think it's up to you to set that tone and say, let's step away from what happened yesterday or what happened in that conversation. What I'm talking about right now is your performance does not meet the standards of what's expected in your role right now. It has nothing to do with our relationship. It has to do with your behavior. So let's talk about what can change so that we don't have a conversation like this and we can talk about yesterday. Yeah. So I guess those are some of the bigger cons, right? For having friends, I guess, be co-workers and equating those two is that you can open yourself up to a I don't want to say like attempts at being kind of shady because I think it's it's human nature to look at a friendship and look at different types of relationships and classify them in a certain way and expect certain things from them right so like if I have a friend who is always there for me and I need something and I've been there for them, I'm more inclined to ask them for a favor. And you can see that also kind of like at work where somebody's performance isn't up to snuff and they look for their friend to cover for them. So I don't think the intention there is something malicious. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of natural. And like abusing the privilege of the relationship. Yeah. Going back to the other conversation that we were talking about where, you know, the person's like, come on, you know me, you know I'm not like that. Uh, I think it could go the other way, whereas if you were, again, in the role of a leadership role and you have to have that conversation with your friend, your friend could turn back and be spiteful and say, you're just mad because that person talked to me and not you last night. Or, you know, they throw something in your face that has nothing to do with their performance, but it's to distract from what the situation is at hand, right? So um, it it can really blur the lines between professional and uh, personal if you don't set the intentions right away in the conversation, I think, as you start to build this friendship. I think there's also kind of um, a line with the things that you can share and the things you can't share. And when it's you working together with somebody and somebody is in a position to hear more information about an organization, um, you know, you don't want to put the pressure on them to tell you if they're not able to. Right. And it's but it's also kind of hard to do that because curiosity killed the cat and you're sitting there like, come on, what you know, come on, just just and give also, me a little nugget. Just sometimes tell me sometimes the people that know stuff. They want to put on, you know, they want to look good. Mm. Look at look at what I know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then it becomes one of those things of like, you put pressure, peer pressure, and nobody wants to be in that position. And then they feel like they can't talk to you anymore. And they don't want to share anything with you because you're putting them in a position to be at risk. 
And ultimately, if they have to choose one or the other, they're going to choose not to be at risk, right? And Mm -hmm. that's when the relationship ends. Um, The other thing is, is that, you know, if you're co-workers and you're looking to have friendships, sometimes the friendships build very quickly. You know, you start and you click with somebody right away and then it's all like birds, bees and flowers and everything's fantastic. And next thing you know, you're like, well, you live on side of town that's closer to work. So why don't we just be roommates? Did we just become best friends? Yes, absolutely. Let's get bunk beds. And, you know, like all of a sudden you're living together and then somebody gets promoted and now they're your boss and you're sitting there like, well, shoot, I know what you do at home. I know what a mess you are at home. I know like Mm -hmm. all this stuff about you and I can't take you seriously when we get to work because I know that you were up drinking till five in the morning and now you're rolling in work at work at like seven or five, you know? So there's um, a line that can get blurred there where it changes the view of the person as a professional, but also as a friend too. I've seen many a friendship and relationship and over just that thing where one of the people gets promoted and the other one doesn't and it becomes almost too much to handle in that moment um sometimes people get put in positions where well i i I guess if you if you're directly reporting to somebody all of a sudden you can't be friends with them and like some companies have rules about that that you can't fraternize you can't go out and hang out with the people that report to you mm-hmm. so that could put a you know uh, it's a policy so you you'll put a strain on a on a friendship really quickly yeah one of the <clears throat> rules that i had when uh working with a team is that if i was in a role or if i was uh coaching somebody that's in a leadership role the rule was you can absolutely hang out with the people that you work with you make sure that you invite everybody and that's something i kind of inherited from another friend of mine uh who has shared that with me in the past that that was her rule and i thought that was great so it's everybody's invited you could choose to join or not but i'm not being you know inclusive of just this person like everybody mm-hmm. on the team is invited this is not just a one off because then favoritism happens yeah right and then you know even though the person may be suited and qualified and have all the experience that they need for the next role, it's always going to be looked at, oh, well, she was a favorite. That's why, you know, she did this, she did that. Another thing that I think about is that, you know, even though I might have moved on from the coworkers that I've had in the past, at some point, especially with social media, they come up, right? Or you get curious and you start looking for them on social media, maybe on LinkedIn or on Facebook or just like, oh, man, that was like my work, work bestie. I wonder where they're at now. I haven't talked to them and blah, blah, blah. And so you look them up and you find them. And it's almost like there's a switch that goes, goes off in your mind of you remember them for who they were. But you don't give them a chance to show who they are now. And so you mm-hmm. keep thinking that you're going to go back to how it was, even though you're in a different place right now. And it doesn't work that way. And I think that's where um, that's something that I work with because I'm such an uh, intuitive, more emotional person, more of an empath in that sense of I go by feeling before I go by facts. And I... I get kind of put off when somebody doesn't respond in that matching way. And I'm like, but we shared so much. Like (laughs) we went through everything. Don't you remember we went with, and they're sitting there like, I don't even remember that coworker, like let alone your last name at the time. Right. But that, it, that just shows that as humans, there's moments that are more important to you sometimes than the people that are around you, you know, like it just affected you differently than it may have affected somebody else. 
and vice versa. Uh, and since we're talking in extreme, like the two extremes, sometimes you have people that you leave and you almost not that you forget them, but that you you see for what it was that it was a work relationship. And say you go somewhere like you work at a nice restaurant now, or you work at uh, a garage where people will come back and say, oh, but we're friends, can I get, and you'll notice that people who were coworkers who perceive your friendship to be what it was, almost like they only call you when they want that that hookup or Mm. that that favor. Mm -hmm. And you might not, it puts you in a weird spot, right? Because now you're in your new job, and sometimes, like, you may be early at your new job. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I can't really fudge the table, like, the the table order to get you a nice table for you and your girl. Um, So, what do I do in that scenario? But we were friends, so now what? You know, am I going to be the guy who, oh, you changed when you went and got that new job? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. I think that's what... Uh, blurs the line again between people taking advantage versus networking. Yeah. You know, so I think networking is a give and take, give and take, whereas taking advantage is literally I'm just taking advantage. And I was watching an episode back in the day, not back in the day, but the episode was back in the day from Sex in the City. And uh, the lead character, Carrie, was uh, going to the furniture shop. And you'll remember this relationship with Aiden if you were a fan of Sex in the City. And Aiden owned the furniture, furniture shop. And and he made the furniture and so she presented herself as an interior decorator in order to get the discount and then later when he decides that he wants to ask her out on a date she told him listen i have to tell you the truth i lied about the being a, an interior decorator because i just wanted the discount and so he's like oh we're already starting off on a lie right you know so it turns into um you know now they get into a relationship and then you think about so are we in the relationship for the discount or are we in the relationship because this is something that we want to pursue together? And I think that might be a whole other topic, right? Because right now we're just talking about coworkers and being friends. And then you think about coworkers and relationships, which usually is a big no-no with companies like you mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, and for a reason. Uh, I know that I've in the past worked with um you know, a partner and it did not go well at all. But even with the best friend, it didn't go well at all. Um, one of my first jobs, I, my best friend brought me on and she was very professional when we worked together and I was younger than her. So I didn't have the same level of maturity, but I would take offense to, uh, you know, how she would give me direction because a, it was one of my first jobs, but B I'm like, girl, we hang out like all the time. Why are you so, uh, stern, I guess, is the word that I'm looking for. I don't think I used that back in the day. I think I was a little <laughs> rougher with that. But you take offense, and then it switched. So there got a point to where I was working, and I was in a leadership role, and I had another friend that was working with me, but you know, she had to report to me. So now she was in a position to feel like taking offense from me being more professional because I grew into that role and I understood what the difference was between business and personal and why it had to be separated at that point. I've always had kind of a an opposite problem, and that is I'm very separated from people when I'm working with them. A lot of that just has to do with it's just my nature, but um, 
I've worked in in retail environments where it's a team of like seven or eight and it's all guys and everybody goes out drinking after work and maybe I'll go one time to just hang out. Mm -hmm. But where everybody else goes to each other's houses for birthday parties and, you know, all this other stuff, I just feel weird, right? So um, it's... It's always, to me, kept me separated from teams that I've worked with. Um, but I've seen the negative when it goes south. So when people who are really close that are working together, especially like seven, eight, that's a small team. Mm-hmm. And working in a small store that's close quarters. And then when, when something goes bad, it goes bad. It goes really bad. Um in some cases, I've seen situations where my coworker might be married, and so they may be having marital issues, and everybody at the in the in on the team has something to say about their personal marital stuff, and that makes me uncomfortable because I don't want anybody. I mean, if I do it to them, then they can do it to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody in my business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure they don't want anybody in their business, right? So. That's kind of what you're inviting. Not not that it's your fault, but that is what inevitably it could lead to. Mm-hmm. The other thing I think about is that when do you get a break? Like a mental, emotional break uh, from work. I think when you're home, you're home. And, you know, you might have a role where that's okay. And, and that's where work stops is once you leave the building. And there's nobody that's going to, you know, need you in the middle of the night or anything like that. And when you get to work in the morning, then that's when you're at work, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's different roles where work is a constant. And sometimes, you know, the coworkers that have become friends with you, now that's the conversation that happens after hours. Yeah. Is that we're talking, of, it's the meeting after the meeting, right? Can you believe that customer that comes in all the time or, hey, that thing that happened, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's, uh, it becomes a like a breeding ground for inside jokes. And inside jokes are great. But oh, it's they're ex- so great. They're <laughs> but so it's, great. But it's exactly what you said. Sometimes you want to just sit down on your couch and think of, not think about, what just happened at work today, what happened at work this week, what happened at work this month, even when you love your job, right? You don't want to, you like me, I work, I have a home office and when I'm done with work, I close it, I leave my home office, I close the door. I, that trip that I take to the rest of the house is almost, it's cathartic, it's therapeutic for me because I'm separating myself. It's the I need that separation. Those of us that don't have that ability, we call that windshield time. Yeah. When you're driving away from your job to go home, right? And there are times when you're going to have, you know, a coworker that calls you because they really have a situation where they need to vent it out and they trust you to do that. And that's, that's fine, right? It's when it's happening like every night or it's happening on times where like you know you're on vacation or weekends and it may be intentional that they're calling you because you're always the one that listens or it may be that they're not even thinking about what time you have you know off it's more of like this is important to me right now and I need someone to talk to so it's not that they're trying to be invasive in your personal life they just rely on you and that's cool too Uh, I think one of the best things to do in a relationship like that is 
uh, one of the things I was reading online is that, you know, I have a friend that will always ask me before they start the conversation if I have the mental space to handle a conversation that's difficult right now. Mm -hmm. And not a difficult conversation between the two of them, but a difficult topic, right? Because sometimes I have the mental capacity of a Pop-Tart and sometimes I have the mental capacity of like an, an encyclopedia. You know, I have the ability to think better at night than I do in the morning. And yeah. you know that for sure. Um, and I think that's very respectful. And I think just opening it up with an intention like that between coworkers and friends is powerful, right? Because you're setting boundaries and you're going into respect for the person that you're talking to and saying, hey, there's something that's on my mind, but it's on my mind and it doesn't have to be on yours. Let me know if you're in a position right now mentally to talk to me about this. And it doesn't have to sound structured like that, right? Yeah. So borrow my words if you can't find your own. But, you know, I think just being, if you expect your coworker to become your friend, which we're going to talk about, like, the pros of that in just a second, I think it's important for you to go ahead and, uh, you know, ask those questions because that's what you do in a friendship is have that respect. You know what the other side of that looks like? And Ooh, I've heard the you other say, side? Yeah, and I've heard you say it a lot. It, it's when somebody is calling you and they're starting to, to vent or starting to tell you, you you often say, what type of a friend or what type of a of a leader do you need me to be right now? Ah, uh, I you, guess. <laughs> do you need me to be the person who just goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm? Or do you need me to, like, hold you accountable and play devil's advocate? And I do that with friends and family and yeah. coworkers, yeah. And knowing that kind of helps the the conversation move along and you know what what role you're playing so whether it's the person that wants to know hey are you able to to listen to my you know to whatever's going to come out of my mouth right now or the person that's receiving it how do you want me to receive it it's good to state what uh position everybody's in and, and what mind space everybody's in before starting that conversation i actually started doing that for a selfish reason I did it because I have a tendency to want to fix everything for everybody, however I can, mm -hmm. right? As a leader, I think that's what we do is we look at, okay, you have this problem. Let's go ahead. This is the way that we're going to fix it. And then we can move forward and we can do this. And you're just constantly thinking of the next steps in the bigger picture. And I think it's just, you know, from the heart, I, I, you know, if you don't have this problem, then you'll be in a happier space to do the happier things. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, and so, what I found was is that I would have people uh, come to me and start going into whatever problem they were having at that moment, and I would immediately jump in to fix it. And their response would be, I already know that. Like, I already know what needs to be done to fix it. I just need a friend to vent to. I just need to let it out. I just need somebody that understands. And in that moment, I had to realize, okay, you know, I don't have to be the one that has all the answers. I don't have to be the one that gives all the answers. I also have to be respectful and understand that they might have the answers, you know. So if I ask, it's not putting me in a position to uh, look like I'm tiptoeing or being on eggshells. It's just really you know, let me know what you need because I will amp you up if you just need that cheerleader that's like, yeah, that's so wrong. I can't believe that nonsense because you know in your heart that you were wrong, but you just need to be that buddy, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you need a coach, then I know when I'm can step in with some questions to gain some understanding that you're looking for a solution in, in that period of time. And sometimes it's both. Sometimes people respond with, no, I need to vent first and then let's talk about what the solution is because 
again, if you have too much emotion in that moment, you're not looking for what the solution is. You're looking to kill. <laughs> I think that's a good segue point for talking about the positives. And the reason I say that is that while you may do that with people you work with, I don't always see you have to do that with people that I know that you've known for a long time. Because generally, like you may do it, but you don't have to. Like you've known them so long that when they when they call you and they start talking to you, you, you almost innately know, okay, this is one of those types of conversations. I get it. You know, I've known this person since elementary school or high school or whatever. And that could be the positive to working with somebody who you're friends with, especially if it's a really positive friendship from from the start, is you in in a lot of cases communication becomes less of a challenge because you're communicating with somebody who you guys speak the same language. Hmm. Um Mm -hmm. And a lot of they they know your body language, so they know. Oh, Tiffany's uh, no, she's not a morning person, or she's uh. But I've always set that expectation with everybody. Yeah, but there's nuance to that, and there are days where people who know you they'll know what the nuance to how you you know how you communicate is. Um, Like I know, right? We've been together for forever, so I know. When you're in a good mood. It feels like forever, huh? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> um, but I know when, when you're in a good mood, when you're in a bad mood, This is about to turn into a difficult conversation. Please hold. <laughs> um, you're not putting me on the spot. Just keep moving. You just keep put moving. yourself on the spot. So, in any case... Should I coach you through that? <laughs> um, in any case, that's, enough, that's where I would say the positive comes from. I would be careful with that because you never know on the other side that friends that you've grown up with if they're starting to be influenced by maybe a new job or new co-workers in that the way that they communicate is changing mm-hmm. and so the way that they vent or the way that they look for solutions might have changed and so if you start assuming things then it's you know it's not that you're helping them it's that you've become that friend that doesn't listen anymore or that you don't care because you're cutting them short when you think well, this is how it's always been, right? So I still think that you always need to... I think communication stops all problems. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. Like, clear communication stops all problems. Everybody has a friend, though, that you can look at across a hall, kind of nod your head, and that's a full sentence, right? Right. Or and that look. Yeah, you just give them a look, <laughs> and you just said three paragraphs with that look, and they're like, oh, yeah, the, uh, the uh, oatmeal is getting cold and i should and they know exactly what you meant Mm -hmm. um that's where i'm going with that is that you know working with those types of people even even when your communication changes there are people that you know you've been around for so long they just get it yeah those are good friendships to have yeah and those friendships you may build from working with somebody for a long period of time uh you know if you're working five plus years i think it's natural to turn you know especially in a close environment it's natural for it to turn into a friendship and uh for you to start maybe venturing out into having those dinners with the family and things like that i think that's that's just building another circle for yourself so i don't necessarily even see being friends with coworkers as a bad thing by any means you know the majority of the people that i have in my life i view as friends i think it becomes bad if they don't view it the same way and then that's when you know it 
it can change your mindset, right? Um, so, but going back to it being a positive thing, I mean, this is where you can build family. This is where you get to pick and choose your family, uh-huh. right? You know, so not that I don't love my family. I love you, mom. Um, <laughs> tell your mom you love her. I love you, mom. Okay, there you go. And so um, in that sense, people that tend to work in the same environment in the same career will naturally have the same likes and the same dislikes. So there is going to be a magnetism that draws you there. And I think the fun part of that is having the inside jokes, right? You know, there's like a million that I could throw out right now. And people listening would have worked with me in the past and they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, And that's why I'm smiling right now because they're just running through my mind and I'm starting to laugh about it. And those are the good things. That's sometimes what makes work the best place to be, right? Because you know that you're going to go in and there's going to be people there that you're just going to laugh with all day while you're doing your role that hopefully you picked to do because you love what you do. Another way that making friendships with your coworkers that could help you is that I think about relocation. When I relocated from New York to Florida, I stayed with the same company that I was with. And I had an idea of the culture that I was with in New York. Like, it, it was ideal uh, for me at the time with my coworkers, uh, with my boss at the time, like we laughed and laughed and laughed and we got stuff done. And, uh, you know, I, I grew a lot in my personal career. And when I moved to Florida, even though I was with the same company, I was in a different location with a completely different culture, culture c- complete culture shock. And um, I didn't get that same feeling that I had in New York. The The culture wasn't the same in both locations. And, and that's not to say that it was bad or negative. It's just, it was... It wasn't good for me. Yeah. It wasn't good for me. It was it was fine with the way that those teams worked together. For me, it wasn't good. Uh, and so, you know, there I had to move around a little bit within the same organization to try to find a fit. And this was when I, you know, I had somebody that I was staying with that was a neighbor from New York. Um, you hadn't yet come down at that point uh, where we were living together, I don't believe. No. And so you know, you're looking for friendships, you're looking for uh, a place that's a common ground um, with other people and to kind of plant your roots. And when I changed from that organization to another, uh, that's where I found that, you know, and I found a bestie and I found people that I loved working with and I found a groove and, you know, it not only made the day more enjoyable, but it made the relocation a little bit easier. Um, because, you know, there was things that I could do with people. There were relationships that I did have. And, you know, that person became part of my wedding. And, you know, I became part of her life with her kids and, you know, ups and downs and things like that. And you start to realize, okay, now this is starting to feel like home. And, uh, you know, even though I didn't have my family completely moved down at that time yet, at least I had cultivated friendships and relationships where there were people that could help me move into an apartment that could point me in the right direction of where to go if I needed something. What do you think people should look for? In a friend? (laughs) Well, not in a friend, in a friend relationship at work. And by that, I mean both things. Friends that you had that you were that were friends before you worked together and then you end up working in the same place or people that you happen to meet at work and inevitably 
become your friends? What kind of things do you think people should look for as far as positives that they should encourage in a relationship or warning signs that you can kind of put up a, a, a red flag and say, wait a minute. I think that there's a couple of things that come to mind. One of them is you want to look for a friend that's going to elevate you and not um, bring you down. So in that sense, don't look at that friend as like the genie from Aladdin. Poof, what do you need? Poof, what do you need? Right. But you want to look to them as somebody that's either at your level or growing because they're looking to grow themselves. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's in any relationship, whether it's with a partner or with it's with work, you always want to have somebody that is looking to drive themselves, but also supporting you and driving yourself. Um, And maybe in that sense, they're even a mentor to you, because I think it's important to have mentors in your life. And, you know, if they're a friend as well, that's even a bigger bonus, right? So just make sure that your intentions are pure and that you're not looking to take advantage of what they got, but you're looking to grow what you have alongside them so that you both can cheer each other on. I think their values are very important. I think integrity is important. And I think honesty is important. And I think a trust system is very important. So, you know, having that established and understanding that when you're put in a position of trust with that person that you honor that because they trusted you in that moment. So, um, you know, don't look to step on people as you move up the ladder, because you're going to see the same people as you fall off the ladder. Iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. And so I agree with that as far as you want to find people that have the same standards and the same values that you have. Um, You also want to look for people who have a sense of humor. Sorry, go ahead. Who have a sense of humor (laughs) and can laugh with you. But you also want to look for people that take the ego out. So you don't want ego at work outside of ego, like pride for your team and for your your team's accomplishments. If they, um, what that would end up looking like is, for example, I can be with my friend working on a project and a third person has an idea that's better than my friend's and it would do better for whatever it is our end goal that we're trying to get. I should be able to side with that third that third party's idea without having fear that my friend's going to feel hurt because the intent is to get the team as a whole to a better place and to achieve goals. I think that... Uh, going back to what you said about ego, uh, I think about, remember that ego isn't the same as confidence. Confidence is that you've been through the experience and you're more aware of what's going to be the outcome and what the plan is to get through that experience. That's kind of how I bring in confidence. Or maybe it's a false sense of confidence where you've not done this before, but you believe more in yourself about accomplishing the task versus uh, not being able to accomplish the task. Mm -hmm. Ego is more, uh, I think, of boasting or needing to prove to other people and and not necessarily um, coming from the greatest place. And it's more of I th- the way that I define ego, even though it's, you know, the need to be right or the need to be liked, I think that's the body's way of protecting your internal system, such as your emotions, whereas a fight or flight response is protecting you physically, your ego is protecting you internally. That reptilian brain. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think that when you go, go back to, uh, you know, what 
should you step away from versus what should you stick to? Definitely stick with your confident people, but not the arrogant people. Yeah. Right. And because I think the arrogance speaks louder than the confidence. And sometimes that's a false bravado to show that they have no idea what they're doing, but you'll leave me alone because I'm just going to like raise a storm. One of my, one of my examples of like confidence for myself is I would be willing to put my team up against any other team in my organization and confidently say we're gonna we're gonna crush all our all other teams, mm-hmm. but I would not put myself up against somebody on my team and say I'm gonna crush that person. Right, that's a great point. I think um, another piece is you have to understand the communication that you like to receive and the communication that you give because that will play a part in. Is there Siri, she needs to understand the communication she that just we give. Wants to jump in. That we receive. <laughs> so, um, one of the experiences that I've had in my current job with uh, one of my leaders was that she had asked us to think about what kind of bird we were. When and she had us close our eyes and think about our leadership style. And I thought this was a brilliant exercise. She asked, you know, when you think about a dove and you think about. Uh, the dove's qualities. What what comes to mind for you? Peace. Peace. Okay, great. So then, when you think about an owl, what comes to mind for you? Wise. Wise. And what do owls mostly do? Hoot. Hoot. But when you think of a vision that they'll give us on TV about an owl, what's what do they mostly do? Well, they sit on a tree branch. And, and what do they say? They say the word who. Yeah, they might say who, so that's more along the lines of asking questions, right? Mm-hmm. When you think of a hawk, what comes to mind for you? A hunter. A hunter. Okay, what else comes to mind? Oh, just the hunter. Just the hunter. <laughs> I so, see the guy with the glove. and no. <laughs> They're going straight for that, right? What about an eagle? Think about eagle with leadership. What comes to mind for you? Eagles have a pretty big reputation as leaders just because it's the national bird mm-hmm. so when you see an eagle you're thinking pride in the country that kind of thing so a lot of pride mm-hmm. would you say confidence or ego in an eagle well, i would say confidence confidence okay so then when you think about the people that you work with or you think about your group of friends you know this works in any scenario you even think about your family right the dove would tend to be more quiet, more timid, just wants peace, avoids confrontation, that sort of thing. I can think of people that I've worked with who have that, um, you know, sort of leadership quality. And, and we've done this experience before and they've shared that that's where they come from. So when you identify yourself as maybe an owl and you're talking to a dove and you start asking all these questions it's going to start driving anxiety in that dove, right? Like, oh gosh, now I'm, I, it, this is a predator. I'm sitting here. I'm just low to the ground. You're sitting high up in the perch and you're asking me all these questions. I just don't, I don't know what your intention is. That sort of thing, right? Same thing with a hawk. If a hawk came and spoke to a dove, what's that conversation going to look like? Yeah, it's not, it's not a connect. Right. So I, not because I have a mohawk, but I identify as a hawk. I need bullet points. Just give me the baby. Tell me about the delivery later. You know, just like, is the baby okay? Are you okay? Is everything okay? All right, we're good. Because I'm focused, just like you said, on the hunter and them holding out the hand with the glove. That hawk is focused on that destination. It flies high and it sees everything else that's going on. 
but this is my first task. This is what I need to do. And then I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Like they see the big picture. They have a plan as they're going down for that one target. Mm -hmm. And then the eagle is the one that flies highest, right? So they see everything at a bigger level than everybody else has that pride, has that confidence and has the confidence enough in even their babies that they'll push them out of the nest to help them fly. And if they're not going to make it, you know, if they're if they're like flapping a little enthusiastically and they're not going to um, survive that flight, then the eagle will swoop down, pick the baby up on its wings, bring it back to the nest and make them do it again. But they're confident enough in their baby that they're going to be, you know, what they need to be at that time. One other one of the things that I think of when you're telling me those types of birds um Several organizations also look at communication styles, like they'll say you're a thinker, feeler, entertainer, mm, director, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But what I think I'm of I'm a is, campaigner. <clears throat> I think of Ocean's Eleven, and you need one, at least one of each of the types to round out your team. Mm-hmm. You need somebody who is good staying in the background, looking out. You need somebody who's good being the face and jumping in into the fray you need somebody who can think up stuff and be able to like ask the right questions etc so there is no one type that's better than but, the others but if there's two of you we don't need one of you yeah <laughs> yeah so in, in a friendship in a relationship or in a work relationship yeah i i, I wouldn't be able to stand myself <laughs> Um, I already know. <laughs> but that's just something to keep in mind is that because you just because you see somebody that you perceive as like, oh, this person's a hawk. That's negative. It's not negative. It's it's another part of your team. Same as a dove would be. Same as an owl. Same as an eagle. Mm-hmm. They all play their part. And if you recognize it and you all like if every and that's where taking the ego out uh, is important. Because some people might say, oh, the hawk sounds good. But realistically, they're an owl or a dove or, mm-hmm. or whatever else. Mm-hmm. It's good for them to take that ego out, identify what they are, identify what the rest of your team is, and then you work together towards a goal. Yeah, because with me, I know that when I know you're an owl. I know that you're an owl with eagle tendencies. <laughs> I, I know that already. And I'm a hawk. And you are well aware of me being a hawk. Because mm-hmm. you go into detail with the who, what, why, when, and where. And I just want the what. Give yeah. me the what. Give me the what. And then I'll hear everything else later. That's and fine. while I'm asking the questions, you're diving down and yes. gra- just, hey, let's just go get it. I'm like, I, don't, I, I already start getting to the point quicker, right? And But, however, in what you share with me and what you share with our listeners is not only the confidence, but the respect of the story and the respect of the people that are in whatever story you're sharing, right? So I think that's where the ego comes in. I think my um, ego comes in when it's different tasks that I'm doing. I think that it depends on what role I have at the time at work that will dictate what I need to be. If I'm talking to somebody that's having a moment or a crisis at that point, me being a hawk is not what they need. They might need me to be a dove, right? And so all this, the point being is that communication is huge when you're looking for somebody that's going to 
I guess, graduate from being a coworker into a friend, you know, I think that you look for the same qualities you would look for in a friend anyway, but you also need to have boundaries as far as, okay, when do we, what's the line? Like, what's the line that we cross where we say, okay, we can no longer do this. Or like once I have a group of friends where, you know, um, we'll joke and we'll say, is that the line? Is that like joke too much at that point? Mm-hmm. And, and we'll all call it out. And if it is the line, then, you know, everybody's cool with it. It's not like, oh, man, come on, you're being a sap. Just like it's all right. We get it. We will no longer discuss that. No problem. Yeah, because that was uh, that was the intention. So I think there's a lot to talk about with coworkers and friends. And I don't think we knew that going into it. But I think there's a lot that we shared. And I'd love to hear your thoughts, as I'm sure Jeff would love to hear your thoughts, too. So you can definitely uh, Facebook me, uh, Tiffany Rufino, at Facebook, and send me a message on your thoughts about coworkers and being friends. Or please email info at theothersideenterprise.com and let me know your thoughts. And until then, we'll see you next time on The Other Side. Stay healthy. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share. We'll see you next time on The Other Side Enterprise.